Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. All right, this week is our final week of having one Sunday morning service. And so Pastor Adam had these signs made up. Come grow with us. Now two services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. has our web address on there. So we have, we have a bunch of these in the back hallway. I would encourage you to take them up, put them in your yard, your neighbor's yard. I'm just, no, okay, that last part, probably not. But put them in your yard, and uh, let's invite some people to church. Uh, I had shared this the other day. You know, the, statistically, people, there's something like 84% of people say they would attend church if they were invited by a friend or relative. It's an amazing thing. Now, I believe in the presence of God. I believe in presence evangelism. If you can get people in this room, God's going to touch them. I've seen it too many times. And so I want to encourage you. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and put those in our yard and encourage people to come. Uh, next week we will be meeting at 8.30 and 10.30. And uh, so Pastor Chantel's message up there was very relevant because we need, it's going to be a heavier lift, uh, especially as we grow that for right now, those of us who are here have to carry the load as new people are coming in, and then it'll spread out more. But those, those seasons of growth are seasons of jumping in to a greater degree. So I want to encourage you, find a place to serve. And uh, there's, uh, when Scripture said it is more blessed to give than to receive, that's a reality. There is a blessing in giving, and that's not just finances, that's included. But when you give of yourself, your time, your talents, your treasures... There is, there is a return that is different than being on the receiving end. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Um, let me see if I have any other announcements. I do not. So uh, this, this is our missions emphasis weekend. We used to call it missions convention. I'm, I'm looking for a more modern term for that. Uh, th- but this is our missions, missions emphasis. And we're going to be doing this in this fall and in the spring. And uh, so at the end of the service, I am going to be asking you, we're going to hand these little cards out, these pieces of paper, and it's an opportunity to make a commitment over the next six months to missions. What would God have you to do over and above your tithe? Uh, You know, Scripture talks about tithes and offerings. Anything over 10% is an offering. Uh, The tithe belongs to the Lord, but I want Him to have some of mine. That's good preaching. That's really good preaching, Pastor Dave. The tithe is 10%, and the scripture says it belongs to the Lord, but I want to give him some of mine. I want, uh, because I believe in the message. I believe in what God's doing across the earth. And uh, we have, there, there are opportunities right now in the earth that we need to seize, and it's going to take finances. So I want to encourage you. Uh, what would the Lord have you to do? We're going to hand these out at the end. You can go ahead and fill them up, put them in that little offering box back there. Some of you will want to take it home and talk with your spouse and uh, consider that. That would be a good thing. I don't want to have to do marriage counseling because one of, one of you gave away the new car or something. Uh, that would be bad. So uh, talk it over and then bring it back next week. And I believe the Lord, I, I'm, I'm sensing the Lord wants us to stretch farther in this coming season. There are some opportunities that we have that need to be seized. I was talking with Brad and Kim Campbell, our our missionaries this morning, and 
uh, we had a very interesting conversation this morning. I won't share what she shared with me, but it was deeply troubling to me. And so, finances are part of the kingdom. The kingdom of God touches our wallet. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so, if the kingdom has not gotten to your wallet, it's not rooted and established. That's, that's truth. Uh, don't get me preaching here. So, uh, as we were going into our missions weekend, I, I thought, man, I would love to have Brad and Kim come. And uh, many of you know them. They've become dear friends of our house. Uh, the first time I ever met this couple, uh, we were running our school at the time. I had just taught a class, got to my office, and this couple was waiting for me. We had mutual friends, but we had never met. And within five minutes of meeting, we were on the floor on all fours, weeping over the nations. And uh, that doesn't usually happen when I meet missionaries. And uh, so I thought, I like this couple. And uh, we've become dear friends, and uh, they're dear friends of this house. And so I want you to give a good heartland welcome to Brad and Kim. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can call me, oh, troubler of Heartland. <laughs> uh, um, you know, before, before we get started, um, is that the real time? Is that what I'm looking at? That big thing back there? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, I can't step into business as usual when Israel is suffering, so. We have been so blessed in our country to gather like this, or to gather in the other 800 or 1,000 churches that are here. And there's a real need for prayer there's a real need for mobilization. Um, we should call this missions mobilization because we cannot sit idle in the times of war. And so I asked Brad if he would pray for Israel. And I want it to come from the depths of your toes because it could and should and maybe will be America someday, and what we sow in prayer for other nations, we want to reap when it's our time. Does that make sense? So could we stand up and really lift up Israel? Brad's going to lead us in prayer. Someone sent us a text this morning with a scripture in it, and so I'm going to paraphrase that scripture, and that'll be our foundation for prayer this morning. And so, uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for your heart uh, for Israel. We thank you for, uh, for your heart for your people. God, we thank you that, um, uh, that we have the great grace by your love and mercy to be grafted in, to be grafted into the nation and to your people, God. 
And so, Father, you said in your word that even as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so you will surround your people Israel henceforth and forever. And so, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your protection, your surrounding grace, your surrounding protection for your people Israel. God, I thank you that they are the apple of your eye and that your eye, therefore, is fixed on them. They are always in your gaze. They are always in your sight. And so, Father, we lift up the nation of Israel. We ask for peace in Jerusalem. We ask for the peace of that city because as the, the city, as goes the city of the great king, so goes the nation. And so we ask for peace within the walls and prosperity for Jerusalem in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you would reveal your truth and your grace and your kindness, that, we, that you would reveal the Messiah sent for your people, for repentance, for, uh, for remission of sins, the sacrifice of the Lamb, so that the spirit of death must pass over in Jesus' name. A sacrifice was made. Father God, we recognize the sacrifice that was made, the love that motivated you to sacrifice your son, not only for the remissions of sin, for the remission of sins, but for the salvation of the nations, and this nation specifically, your people Israel. And I want us all in for the things that are on God's heart. And so, Lord, by the grace that you've given to us through, through your covenant, through the covenant with the blood of your son, Jesus, the Messiah, we just speak your word back to you. And we say that we are yours, and you are ours. And this is your covenant, that you would take away our sins. And so we belong to you. I pray anything that you would want to do in us, through us, around us, Lord, we will agree with you because we belong to you. And we recognize that you belong to us. We bless Israel. We bless your people with peace. I pray, Lord, that there would be a swift end to the violence that's taking place there against your people and around the land. I pray that there would be a swift end to the, to the rumors and the, uh, and the misinformation. I pray that there would be an end to those things, that truth would be revealed, and that there would be grace and glory revealed for peace, for fellowship, Lord, and that, the, that this, all of the sons of Abraham would be home, sitting at the table together in peace and in your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Um, I want to thank you for uh, allowing me this opportunity to share my heart about what we're doing in the nations and this house has um, prayed us through a lot of challenging times in our life. You've blessed us tremendously. 
And uh, I always feel like I'm sitting in God's living room when I come here. So um, I want to share a video that kind of gives you a snapshot of what we do overseas. And we'll start with that video and um, we'll take off from there, okay? Can you guys play that? That God sent these people to me and to be my parents. If you're weary and you're tired, mother of many, many children, like that what my mom has, she's the mother of nation, and my dad is a father of nation, and I want to do that too, I want to be a mother of many children and many nation, I want to do what my parents do to me, and that's my future goal, my future dream, that's it. Those are our people. <laughs> they make me cry. We have to go looking. We have to go after them. I mean, look at what God has given you, these nice seats and an, all of this. 90% <laughs> of the world doesn't have this. 
on Sunday morning. We have to go after them. And we can't stop until every single one of them is home. And I know this is a mission-minded church, and, and uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how much it blesses my heart personally to see so many people from South Sudan here because I believe that's the fruit of that day in your office where we were on the floor and we were crying for, for South Sudan because I declare it the womb of righteousness in Africa. And what was last is going to rise up and be first. And so, come on, South Sudan, represent. Come on, ladies, represent. Represent. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> when, when South Sudan was born, they stood up and made a public proclamation that they would be a Christian nation and they would stand with Israel. And the people that were assigned to support and lift up this nation backed off and let corruption creep in. And I want to tell you, I, I, I kept having this picture of several people up here on the platform and they were putting army boots on and they were lacing them up. And, and back in my day when I was growing up, my dad always used to say, pull up your bootstraps. And it means we're going in. We're going in, guys. We're rescuing nations. We are in that hour where we are rescuing nations because the, the dividing line has been drawn. Pastor Dave preached half of my message in the couple times he was up here. So I'm like, I can make this real short. Um, I really want to invite you, when I, when I say you're sitting in God's living room, one of the things that happens to us as a people is we become very comfortable and we put up those walls to protect us and live in that comfort. And one of the things I love about Africa is it is noisy, chaotic, they shout, they scream, and they storm the altars. <laughs> and I want Holy Spirit to move upon your hearts because we are not going to make it without him. And there is half of the world's population that is still unreached and unengaged. Of the 7.3 billion people in the earth, half of them, half of them aren't doing this. And they're believing a lie. And so I really want Holy Spirit to tear down the walls in your heart. I'm not a missionary up here begging for money. God is my provider. And I want you to know that if God moves on your heart, these altars are open. Okay? I want you to come up. And we sang about opening the scroll and not resisting him. What if that scroll is your life? Let him do circumcision this morning and open your life and don't resist. I'm, Brad and I have been told a lot that we're pretty intense people. And <laughs> I'm just used to like, you got to duck once in a while where we're at. So 
you live in those regions of conflict and warfare and refugees who have come a long ways to survive, and, and it makes you intense. And so if that is offensive, I'm sorry, but here I am. <laughs> um, the risk is right when the reward is Jesus. And I want you to chew on that a minute. I'm asking today that it would become totally and completely unacceptable to Heartland Church, to this house, that there would be any places where people have little to no access to the witness of Christ. I'm calling you to accept responsibility of that. I want to know, are you willing to let his desires grip your heart? Because in the global front and in our own country, the, the king's glory is at stake. That should bother us. We have Islam recruiting in a Christian nation. Guys. That's on us. We are his image bearers in the earth, and to carry the family name of Christ is a loss, honor, privilege, and mandate. You see, we've been living amongst the Mideastern uh, cultures, and when you bear the family name, that's a big deal. And you bear it well. And each and every one of us that call ourselves believers and followers of Jesus Christ bear the name of Christ. That's our family name. And we need to exemplify that out there like we do in here. Like the zeal that I saw this morning, if you would take that out to Ankeny, all of Ankeny would be saved. And God is calling us to go to our neighbor's our cities and out into the nations. The harvest is ready, but it always has been. That statement was made over 2,000 years ago. You know, we're acting like that's a new concept. The harvest is ready, but due to the population growth, it is way more plentiful. And I want to ask you this morning, I'm, I'm giving you things to ponder. I hope you leave here really disturbed. <laughs> I spend most of my life disturbed because I've seen too much. I've witnessed too much. Can you tell me what is the cost of a soul? And what price are you willing to pay? Paul said, but as for me, I'll never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. Circumcision, circumcision uncircumcision, I can't even say the word, but basically religious activities mean nothing. But what matters instead is the new creation, the lost souls of people in the earth. May peace 
come to all those who follow this standard. Let's raise the bar. How far can we go? How far can we take this love of God that we carry? Because really the only thing that holds us back is fear, self-preservation. The fields are waiting for you. And the unoccupied fields of the world await those who are willing to be lonely for the sake of Christ. I know many of you have been on mission trips. And they do something inside your heart. But when you're that lone missionary and you're out there for months and years at a time, it gets pretty lonely. Nobody speaks your language. Nobody understands you. Because God has given each country their own DNA. But that doesn't mean the fields aren't waiting and somebody's got to take that and run with it. Somebody's got to go. To the pioneer missionary, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he came through the wall and surprised the apostles. Do you remember that? He stood there and he said, look at my hands. Put your hand in my side. Look at my feet. And as my Father has sent me, I send you. And then he breathed on them. Is God sending you today? Is God increasing your commitment that Dave's talking about of filling out those cards? Why is it that missionaries have to make all the sacrifices can I be so bold to say that? I have missionaries with our organization that, that can't get enough funding to go full-time. That is troubling when we've been given so much. And can this world seriously take a faith that remains in hiding? Why is it that the Heidi Bakers and the Lauren Cunninghams and the Moravians and so many others are compelled to leave the warmth and comfort of home and the love of the family circle to go after lost sheep whose cry we have heard in the depths of our spirit? Yet such is the glory of the task that neither home ties nor home needs can hold back. Those that have caught the vision and the spirit of the great shepherd. And I'm looking at all these young people here. What is holding you back? Retired people, what is holding you back? The lost ones are his sheep. And he has made us his shepherds. And it's time that we run to the sound of need and recover what rightfully belongs to Jesus. We love Psalms too, don't we? Ask of me and I'll give you the nations. Ask of me and I'll give you the nation. Who wants to pay the price with me? It's awful quiet in here. <laughs> You're scaring me. Is there a passion in the depths of your heart to call a country your home which desperately needs the gospel? Because we ought not to see what we have to give up 
but we need to see what we gain and what heaven gains by our going, by our sending, by our praying. It's going and sowing time, guys. <laughs> we have all been given promises from God. Many, many, many promises, prophetic words. We have them written down in our journals. We carry them with us. But I want to tell you the story of Abraham out of Genesis 12, where God said to him, go out from your land, go out from your relatives, and go to the land that I will show you. Not a lot of details. <laughs> Just go. Just go. Just start running. Just start running. The Lord will get you in the direction that you need to go. And the Lord promised to make Abraham a great nation and declared that he would be a blessing in the earth. I believe that Abraham saw a great inheritance and that inheritance was Christ. And I want to tell you something. Brad and I went to Africa and it was... We didn't want to go our very first time. We went to Kenya, Mozambique, and South Africa. We didn't want to go. It was scary to me, and we were youth pastors in a church, and we were very busy with our stuff. And we said, you know, we've always purposed ourselves to be obedient and, and follow that. Sometimes that nudging is really light, and we wait for God to shove us, and he's just going, do you hear the whisper? And we declined, but we agreed to pray. And um, we got a check in the mail from a church on the East Coast we'd never been to with our names in the memo line that said Kim and Brad Africa. <laughs> and that's how this whole thing started. And so we now currently have four children's homes and a, a discipleship center for people leaving Iran. You saw them in the video. They're leaving Iran. They're leaving Afghanistan, and they're coming to Christ. So we could have let our no be no, or we could have surrendered our heart to obedience like Abraham did, because let me tell you something. When Abraham did that, and he became the father of nations, God said all the nations, all the people will be blessed for your life through your life. So our obedience has the ability to bless generations. When Brad and I said yes, it changed everything for our lineage. Everything. This is for generations, and now we're a multi-generational mission team. We've got eight full-time missionaries right now. But we need more. Like, if you, get, if you give me an army, we got places to go. You give me a million bucks, I could spend it in 10 minutes. <laughs> the needs are great. Our guy in Pakistan just called and said, Mom, we need mattresses. We need beds. Because he's, he's bringing in kids that have been sold into slavery. I don't want to live with that. That's not on my watch. I spend my days and nights with Brad trying to think of ways to bring freedom to people. 
And I guess that's why I'm so intense. Um, I really want to give time at the altar for, for God to move, so I don't know where, where's Rick at. <laughs> I lost my guy. It, worship over here. Thank you. Um, in a few minutes, I'll have you guys come up. Um, but I want to point out this story. I want to point out this story about Abraham because uh, Brad and I went to Malakal. We had no formal training, no language skills, nothing. We just had the fire of God burning in us. And that fire of God landed on me when God delivered me out of drugs. feel better. <sighs> so Abraham landed in a place called Shechem. And Shechem was in the enemy's camp. You think that was a little uncomfortable? It's like going to the, is it the south side or the east side, that place that nobody wants to go to? Why don't we go there? You can't kill us. You got to wade into these situations. We found ourselves out in the bush bush with generals who had committed genocide and had genocide committed against them. And I didn't want to go. I was the only woman out there. And we drove until the road ran out and then we got out and we walked. And I'm with these rogue generals that have not been properly trained and the enemy is out there somewhere. Nobody knows where they are. And the pinnacle of that trip was when I watched 20 generals get on their knees and cry out to the Holy Spirit to help them forgive their enemies. Can we go? Can we go? <laughs> so the city of Shechem was a place that was held by the enemy, and, and Abraham built an altar there, and what happened? It became a land of covenant, and that was the place where Joshua took his people in, and they entered into the land of promise, and it was at that place in Shechem that Abraham went there, and he made an altar, and he crawled up on that altar, and he let the fire of God hit him, and it be became a place of covenant. <laughs> and Joshua came there, and he said, choose. You let go of the gods of the foreign nations, and you choose God this day. Abimelech was crowned there. Joseph was buried there. It became a place of covenant. And if you fast forward, there was so much contention over that city, it was, it was destroyed and raised up, destroyed and raised up. And in the New Testament, we see it as the city of Sychar. And you know where that was? 
It was in the enemy's territory, same place, and the woman at the well was sitting there. <laughs> you don't know when you go into a land and you plant your feet, the effect that's going to have on the generations long after you're gone. I'm speaking to you too. You laid a foundation that is going to affect the generations. Globally, the, golfer, the gospel offers forgiveness of sins, being reunited with our Heavenly Father, and transformation for a better life. We know that. However, salvation in the Western world has very little cost or investment. <laughs> I'm blessed that it's a free gift. I'm not, I'm not trying to stir you up for unrighteous works. But there is a cost to steward something that is so precious it costs us the blood of Jesus. That's the price that we have to pay. It is so precious that the Son of God spilled his blood for us. And while the gospel message offers the glory of eternal life, it should birth a fiery longing for eternity, not just for us, but for those around us. For 80% of the world, the gospel is lived out in an environment that is hostile to the message. I think we're starting to see that in our homeland, aren't we? Better pull up your bootstraps. In these areas um, where the church has failed to reach, Jesus himself is appearing as a man in white because he must find his bride. I can't tell you how many people in closed countries have told us the man in white came to visit them. I think we've abdicated some of our responsibility. In these areas, where Jesus is showing up, I want to quote Isaiah, who this is God speaking, who says, I was found by those who were not looking for me, and I revealed myself to those who were not asking for me. To fall in love with Jesus and become a member of his family is a decision that, that leads to glory and a heavenly lifestyle because everything earthly becomes foreign. In these nations, because the bride is persecuted, to live is Christ and die, to die is gain, and death is always crouching at their door. Always. And they have decided that Jesus is the pearl of great price that is worth selling everything for. I want to say that when we are most moved by the current circumstances of this earth, I know you're all watching the news, you're all watching YouTube videos. Don't numb yourself out to what the world needs. 
a lot of people get overwhelmed. Get on your face. I, I can talk to you about overwhelmed. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in a place of great need and things are crashing down, people need the love of Christ. We don't have time to be overwhelmed. We are most useful in our partnership with the Father when we focus our gaze on Jesus. And Romans 10 says, the message is near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. I declare that over you this morning. You can't run away from it. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Now the scripture says everyone that believes in him will never be put to shame. Take that shame off. You are qualified. You are qualified by the blood of Jesus. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, since the Lord of all is rich to all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him if they have not believed in him? And how can they believe without hearing him? And how can they hear unless somebody goes? And how can they go if they haven't been sent? Do you feel the responsibility of that? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who now announce the gospel of good things. And when we walk in the conviction that Christ is more valuable than life and worth going beyond our discomfort or the momentary sting of death, we have come to embrace the Great Commission mandate. And it's in this place. Y'all want the presence of God? We love the presence of God. It fixes everything. But it's in this place that Jesus showed up. He commissioned them and said, go. And then he said, I will be with you always. I'll take it. I'll take it. I want you to know I love you with all of my heart. And you guys have been a sustaining force to Brad and I in our ministry. We've served 12 years in some of the hardest places. I've, I've seen things that I wish I didn't see. <laughs> but now is not the time to stop. And I'm asking for an army to rise up. And if you don't come with us, go with somebody else. I would love to come in here next year and have this place half full. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because everybody's out there, or, or have you guys at three services because y'all went out and brought 10 people. Let's mobilize. Let's go. Let's go. You know, that song that we put on our video that says, Welcome Home. The prodigals are coming home because there is a place for them. And Jesus can't come back until every single person is found and brought into his kingdom. That's on us. And I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask right now. I'm going to ask God to lay a nation upon your heart. I'm going to ask him to lay a city upon your heart. And I'm going to ask your faith to increase. I'm going to ask you to empty things out. I'm going to ask you to empty out 
that thing that is holding you back. And I want to invite you in these altars, and I want you to make a commitment. I want you to make a covenant that is going to run through your generations. We have got to be better about stewarding the future in the body of Christ. Because I have one last word. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. And it is imperative that we preserve the church and reach the lost. So let me ask you this. Or let me state this. The risk is right when Jesus is the reward. Can I have worship up here? Can I have... There you are. I want... I want y'all to come. Not out of a false burden, but I know God has laid nations and people groups. There are places that have never even heard the name of Jesus. And we have access. We have access. We have churches in South Sudan. A pastor will plant 11 churches with no money. No money. Like they live on less than a buck a day. And I want this to stir you. I want this to mobilize you. But just know what you confess today, the Lord will hold you to. So Holy Spirit, come with your fire. Come with your fire. This is the altar of sacrifice. This is the place where it gets real. Where it gets real. This is the place. We have many families. We see children on the mission field all the time. The best thing you can do for your kids is to show them how to follow Jesus. Jesus. Bring these lights down a little bit, like you do for worship. I want this to be a holy moment. Altars are holy. This time is holy. some of you out there that you don't feel qualified and that's a lie from the pit of hell there's some of you out there that really want to know Jesus you get down here too there's room there's room there's absolutely room if you can sit in the dirt and hold a child you're qualified If you can hug somebody that has walked for hundreds of miles to get to safety and miscarried a child along the way, if you can hug them, you're qualified. If you can sit with a man who has an order of execution against his life and he's only 30 years old, 
If you can sit with him, you're qualified. Hallelujah. You know, the apostle Paul, he wrote, how can they believe except that they hear? And how are they ever going to hear unless someone preaches to them? And how will they preach unless they are sent? See, it all comes back to people going and supporting those who go. American Christianity, and, and Kim touched on this, American Christianity, we are so blessed as a culture. And much of our culture, much of the blessing is a direct result of generations of the gospel embedded into our culture. But the danger is, is that we become recipients of the blessing and it stops there. We've talked about this, but this is a grave concern that I have as a pastor looking at the American church. And it's that we understand that Jesus paid it all for our relationship with him. But we take that mentality and we apply that to ministry and we say Jesus paid it all. But that's not true. Paul said, I fill up in my body that which remains of the sufferings of Christ. In salvation we're a recipient, but in ministry we're a participant. And God's looking for us to get under that thing and say, God, finish this thing through me. There's an old saying, it's hard to, hard to hear God when you already have concluded what you want Him to say. The first step in knowing God's will is saying, God, I am willing to hear anything that you say. Lord, you just let me know. The kingdom of God doesn't work like, well, God, you let me know and I'll weigh it and I'll get back to you. God speaks once we surrender, not the other way around. And I want to encourage you this morning, there's grace for surrender. And it's not a matter of us calling ourselves to do something that God may or may not have called us to do. When it is our place to say, God, I'm willing to surrender and do whatever you call me to do. I want to tell you something I've discovered about Jesus. You will never be fulfilled unless you fulfill the purpose for which you were made. You really won't. You can live an exciting but boring life because you're doing what's exciting to others, but it's not what you're called to. And when life really gets fun is when you find out what God tells you to do and you step into it. And there's this inward knowing, I was made for this. It, it is my prayer that, man, God would... I, I have a word from the Lord. My childhood pastor, prof, he was well known as a prophet. He's with the Lord now. Traveled all over the world prophesying over kings and presidents. And he called me one day. He was passing through and he said, Dave, I was praying for you this morning and I saw your church property. And on the property was a giant wheel that began to spin. And out of it, these flaming arrows began to fly to the nations. And he said, and the wheel began to spin faster and faster and faster. He said, it was bi as big as your property. And he said, the faster it spun, these, fl these flaming javelins were flying to the nations and landing in the nations. 
God has called us to be an equipping, sending center. The danger is that we become a nice, comfortable church and miss our calling. We're either called to be sent or part of the sending process. That's what this house is about. Every one of us. There's a place for all of us in God's purpose. If He's called you here, He's either called you to be equipped to be sent or to jump in and be part of the equipping process. So I want to pray one more time. I'm going to ask you just put your hands up as though to receive. Father, Lord, we receive that grace this morning. Lord, I'm asking that you would go to war against anything in our hearts, anything in our spirits, Lord, that would resist you. Lord, those, those idols that we tend to coddle, Lord, those things we hold on to that stand between us and your will. Lord, we ask for such a revelation, such a fire to hit us, God, that we'll let go of everything and say, Lord, whatever you want, use us, spend us well. Lord, we ask that the plow blade in this, in the spirit would begin to go deeper and begin to turn over the soil of our hearts, Lord. God, that you would do such a work in us, Lord. Lord, that we would joyously abandon it all. Lord, that you would give us grace to see that you are the pearl of great price. And anything we have to forsake to get it, Lord, is worth it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I really want to encourage you. Just come to that place in full surrender. And if there's any resistance in you, I worked at Teen Challenge for nearly 14 years. And there were always two things that scared the spit out of those young men. I would ask them, why don't you fully surrender? And nine times out of ten, there'd be two things come out of their mouth. I'm afraid God's going to send me to the mission field, and I'm afraid He's going to make me marry someone I don't want to marry. That ain't the Jesus we serve. If He's called you to the field, the field is already in you, waiting to be unleashed. If He's called you to marry someone, there's already an affection for that type of person. just want to set you young people at rest, okay? It's just a matter of saying, God, do a work in me. Lord, I, I just want to fully surrender to whatever you have. God promises you abundant life, but you've got to step into it. And that means you cooperate with what he has for you. All right. Uh, if we could have the ushers hand these out. Listen, these are faith promise cards. I want you to pray about this. Now, I, I'm, I'm taking a gamble as a pastor because I know... When we get these, then you'll forget about them this week. <laughs> I'm not going to collect them this morning, but I am asking, take this before the Lord and say, God, what would you have me to do? Brad and Kim have missionaries already ready to go. They're willing to go to the hardest places in the earth. Not long after I met Brad and Kim, I began to see them on the news because a war had broke out in South Sudan. And all the other missionaries, all the other white people left. So all the news outlets were, were interviewing them because they stayed with their people. It's the kind of people they are. And they have others they've raised up that are willing to go, but they need the money. So just ask the Lord.
I'm not asking you to conjure up a figure in your own mind. What would the Lord have you to do? Hear from the Lord and obey. Amen? So if you, you already know what you want to do, you can just put it back in that box back there. If not, take it home and bring it back next week and just stick it in that box back there because we have plans. We want to send people. We want to build some things overseas. We want the, the, the need across the earth to rub us wrong until we do something about it. Amen? All right. Father, I thank you for each one of these. Lord, as we go today, we ask God that, Lord, that troubling, these troubling truths that you've planted in us would not fall to the wayside, but Lord, they would rub us raw until we come in line with what you want us to do. Lord, we're not looking to manufacture anything from a human perspective, but we want to hear your word and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.